I go to China a lot on business. So on a recent trip, I fly into Shenzhen. Shenzhen's this like city of 12 million people. It's my second day in Shenzhen and it's about five o'clock and I'm wandering through the streets. I'm about two and a half blocks from this five-star hotel that I'm staying at, the Shangri-La Hotel. This guy walks up to me and he, he's looking like he wants to ask a question. So I lean in to find out what's up. All of a sudden, three guys grabbed me. It was as if they had me in a straitjacket. I, I don't remember screaming or not screaming. It happened so quickly that they, they probably had hands over my mouth. They dragged me away, and in a split second, I'm in this doorway, and I'm being hustled up the steps to this dark apartment. They strip me of my clothes, and they take out my wallet, they rip it apart, and they pull out all my credit cards. And, one of the guys, he pulls out this rusty kitchen knife. It's like six or eight inches long. They're keeping me in place with this knife while they tie me to this cross. And it's sort of weird. I'm Jewish, so this is a side point, but it, but it was crucifixion-like. And, and they bring out this four-foot pole with an eight-inch nail, and it's twisted onto the end. It's not one of those beautiful, shiny stainless steel nails. The nail is gnarly and thick and super rusty. And they take this pole and with the nail at the end, and they, they put it under my nose, and, and they're gesturing with this thing, and it's actually right under my right nostril. They make it really clear that if they don't get what they want, they're going to jam this nail up my nose. They've got my shredded wallet and all my credit cards. And, you know, there's this language barrier, but I understand. I get it. They want to pull the cash using my credit cards. They want to go to the ATM machines, and they're demanding the PIN numbers. I, except I don't know the PIN numbers, but I start guessing. You know, I'm using dogs' names and my kids' nicknames. I, I'm pointing to the letters on the cell phone keypad, but, you know, nobody speaks English. And everybody's gesturing at each other. And some time goes by and, and they get called from their colleagues at the bank. And I imagine they're saying it's the wrong damn number. People are screaming, it's the wrong damn number. I'm sorry, I don't, I'm telling them, I'm sorry. I don't understand what you're saying the wrong number, you know. They're not happy. There are four guys. Two guys are in their 20s and two are in their 40s. And I'm thinking they could probably kill me and then go to a restaurant and have a nice lunch. And in this twisted state of mind, I'm thinking they'll probably have live lava in a sauce made from the saliva of the pigeon. It's the local delicacy. The whole time in my head is that talking head song. In another part of the world, you may ask yourself, how did I get here? I'm having these episodes of, of, of sort of white light chilling, heart fear palpitations, and I don't know if I'm screaming and I'm incontinent, and with all that going on, I'm, I'm calm and collected. Everything is reduced to slow motion. It's, it's you know, like when people talk about people freezing to, to death and you get a sense of serenity and warmth and clarity just before you die. That's sort of what it was like. Every once in a while, they go into the adjoining room and I hear them talking on the phone and they're conversing amongst themselves and I'm thinking, okay, well, I gotta do something. Maybe I can wiggle out of the ropes. I gotta try to escape, at least try. So I'm scanning the room. I know we're on the second story. I'm looking out the second story window. Maybe I can hurl myself through. There's always that medieval option of fingers and eyes and biting. First, I'd give them a headbutt and then grab my old 35 millimeter camera, smash it into somebody's skull. I gotta do something. But then they come back and they take out cigarettes. 
seems like they're smoking three cigarettes at a time. And another call comes about the PIN numbers not working and they're screaming at me and, and they're yelling at me to tell them the correct PIN codes. But like, what the hell am I supposed to do? I, it's not like I'm holding out on them. So I keep guessing frantically, trying to hope that some of these numbers will work. The main guy, the guy in his 40s in the business suit, he's smoking right in front of me now and he's holding the burning cigarette up to my face. And there's this moment where he's looking directly into my eyes and then he drops his hand and he, he pushes the lit cigarette into the skin of my thigh. My skin is burning and I'm smelling melting skin and my mind leaves my body and I'm no longer there. Something like six hours had passed, and some of my guessed at PIN numbers must work because I don't hear them in the other room anymore. And gradually, I managed to loosen my way out of the ropes, and, and I creep to the door to the adjoining room, and I listen, and I don't hear anything. And I, I open the door a crack, and no one's there. I grab my clothes, and I sort of frantically dress as I run out the door, and I find myself back on the street in a dazed shock. And I remember not feeling as happy as I thought I should be. It's a weird feeling. And I wind my way back to the hotel, and there by the elevator, and I'm thinking that this elevator is going to carry me back to the sanity and seclusion of my hotel room, like that sanctuary for me. I go in the elevator just at the same time that a clearly very American white couple and the two kids enter the elevator. And I don't know why, but they had this sort of overly optimistic white skin and everybody was dressed in layers of beige on beige clothing and super exuberant smiles. And we're in this intimate space and we're slowly going up 28 floors. And they say to me, they say to me, how's your day been? Zero to 60, I'm fully acting out every single detail of my horrific experience. I'm talking about the knife, the pole with the rusty nail on its end, being shoved up my nose, the cigarette burns. I'm totally foaming at my mouth. I'm panting. Everything is rushing on me now. I've lost control. I'm probably jumping all over the elevator. I and mean, the kids have no color left in their faces, like all blood is drained from fear. And, and they're hugging their children, grabbing them. And they're looking back and forth between this crazy guy and the elevator floor numbers. I've just escaped from a small space where there is nothing but misunderstanding. And that's where I find myself again. That story was submitted to us from our own story sharing website from a listener. Thank you, Scott Sanders, for sharing your tale. And you're thinking, can I tell my story on Snap Judgment? Well, you know you can. Do it like Scott did. Snapjudgment.org. You'll find full episodes, listener stories, Snap films, all kinds of goodness. And while you're there, join us on the Facebook and the Twitter. You are listening to Snap Judgment. And to hear more stories, visit snapjudgment.org.